start the next segment? <laughs> we gonna start over? Are we doing this? What I would like to see is uh, welcome. Uh, is when when your your segment is up, Paul. He just yeah. plays the theme song for thirty minutes, <laughs> 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 so you don't get to talk. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, me too. Uh... <laughs> I can leave. <laughs> You know, it's, it's the trolls in life that are supposed to make it better. I don't know. This is, who gives a shit breaking the panel? Episode 223, <laughs> volume two. Oh, my God. All right. Let's see here. Uh, the next Wait, topic, are we not supposed um, to talk right now? It's done. Who cares now? You can talk, Kurt. Okay. It's, you're out of the corner now. Um, I, I blame Mike for this. <laughs> like He started this. Kind of, yeah. No, nah, you guys, you guys are doing this for a while. Mike, Mike no, did it on Chris, purpose. Chris isn't here, so we have to do it like extra hard because Chris isn't here to yeah. do it. So, all right, we're jumping in. It's Paul, it's Phil, Kurt's riding with us on this volume. He'll be on all four volumes of 223. And let's see, we've got what, what lessons have you learned from games, from the actual game, playing the games? You know, I'm, it, I'm not talking about like maybe it's Beacon Teachers typing, you know, to throw back to the last one. I'm talking about, you know, you learn something about the world or about yourself or, you know, I learned rage. I had major rage issues because of Mega Man and Ninja Gaiden on the Nintendo the originals. You know, I broke so many controllers like, huh, maybe I have an issue here that I need to deal with. But your know, play style, whatever. Uh, Kurt, what what lessons maybe have you learned from games? So so really early on and and uh, again some people know some people don't I, I worked in video games for like 20 years that's right i, yeah. I know I yeah and uh yeah mark the time it's when i talk about it so uh one of the companies that i worked for uh in fact the very first company i worked for was origin Systems. <gasps> yeah so this is kurt's game <laughs> Except- ultima 3 for the nes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. kurt this is yours <laughs> And he signed the back of it for me. Yep, yep. I had nothing to do with that one. Uh, So, (laughs) so. Ultimate uh, Exodus, you most certainly did, Kurt. No, well, not that version. So, regardless, Ultima 4, Quest of the Avatar. Oh, well, that one sucks. It did not (laughs) suck. Um, It was a game where you had to kind of establish your moral center before you actually even started the game. They would ask you all these philosophical type questions um, and you had to answer and it kind of guided how your character was was centered. And then when you played the game, you had to make decisions based on not just I need to kill that that guy, but based on is it right to kill that guy? And are there other ways that I can solve this because it affected your your levels of compassion and, and things and, and virtue, they, uh, they would track all of these different levels. And does, does, does he have loot? Uh, yes. Yes. That it, it is loot. correct to kill him. Yeah. So, but then the, but they would actually set up things like you would be in a jail cell. And if you broke out of the jail cell, you would be swarmed by a bunch of kids and you had the opportunity early on to escape and and not do anything or kill all the kids. Epstein had one hell of a to prison. get out to get out of the cell. <laughs> so it 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 actually the the whole thing boils down to it showed me that games could be more and they could be more thought provoking than just 
the normal arcade games and computer games that we were used to prior to that. Um, and, and it was really, uh, that's that for me, that was a turning point where RPGs could be more, it could be more than just hack slash get the loot move on yeah that's awesome. and I, I, I get that because i went through that same aspect in gaming with fable sure right, right. every decision yes. in fable depicts how your story goes and if you just you get to play any way you want right nobody's telling you how to play todd cochran you, you get to play any way you want and your decisions actually you know <laughs> charles it, it depicts not only the path that your character goes down, but how your character actually looks towards the other. Right. right? That was brilliant. Yeah. Fable 2, you could join a cult, and you could bring these people back to be killed in the cult, and the more evil shit you did in Fable, you would grow horns, and you would have scars on your body from demonic scars from being a dick. But it did. It really made me look at how I'm I'm playing this game and what path I'm going to take. And I normally play the path of a good person. So when I did mess up and kill somebody or, or whatnot and it counted against me, I felt horrible about it. Right. right. And how many games make you feel anything other than um, rage? <laughs> yeah, other than rage. Well, well, another game, for instance, would be like Bioshock. And the little sisters and the big daddies, right? Yeah. You have an option. You can harvest that child for its resources, or you could set it free. Yeah. Right. Right. And that was kind of groundbreaking for me, at least, you know, because I think I played Bioshock before I played Fable 2. I can't remember which came first for me, but that was just like, holy shit, do I kill a child so that I could be more powerful, or do I let it go free? to just live its life and not be a slave in this underwater prison. Yeah. So yeah, that I never one, saw that. I, I played that game and I, I, I did it first. I was like, Oh, it's just a game and you're getting power. And then you see the video of it. And you're like, no, yeah, no, I, I can't do that. I can't. It turned <laughs> out just doing it one time in the game changes the ending just once. Yep. You know, and it, it messed you up. I, I kind of found out I was a uh, chaotic neutral by playing fable. Because I'd make some, I like being the bad guy sometimes, just doing bad things. And sometimes I was good. I had this weird angel demon mix of a character, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> See, I played in the world very lawful good. And then I brought up property and would jack the prices so high to make money. <laughs> so like, I was, I was letting people live and being a good hippie and then destroying them economically on the back end so that i could live however i wanted <laughs> so you were like the story of san francisco in one person <laughs> i just thought he was trying to be the next donald trump my bad uh, I, I have great what? towns you greatest. you were gentrification incarnate wow yeah, pretty yeah. much oh man I, I learned uh you can betray your buddies to win the game by playing um i don't know one of this it wasn't like sim cities it was like age of titans or something like that and me and my buddy were playing his computers online. And the whole time that we're building up the city and the armies, I was slowly but surely amassing an army at his gates. Just got, And so once we wiped out the computers, all of a sudden, I raised his city and his entire army was somewhere else. And he was just crushed. He's like, what? We, what? You? And I'm like, motherfuckers, for all the times you stole shit in Doom 2 and fucked me over. <laughs> so it was cool. But yeah, no, I mean, um, I learned not to smash and grab. Right by playing XCOM, 
because you try to run in and just be the the hero in, in the, any version of that game, you will get slaughtered. That it taught me tactics at a uh, young age. What what another skill that I learned um, that was you know from playing hockey for a long time instilled it into me, but also with Warcraft, being in a raiding guild and yeah. and teamwork and timing and working together but not only that but at the end of a fight after we've slammed our heads against it for a week you know back in the day distributing loot right we're all yeah. going after loot but if let's say sarah needs this loot and i need this loot but what's better for the team right yeah. it would be a minor upgrade for him for me but a huge upgrade for her and with her getting the huge upgrade that would mean that the team would be more successful so, yep. you know, I learned that, that, you know, the betterment of one person could be the betterment of the entire guild. And then you also had the trade-off of like, like, for example, your, your tank, your main tank needs one thing from one boss. That's it. That's the only thing that they could get that could be better. And when it drops, it's like, you have to weigh that against, do you give that to the off tank who is really far behind in progression and gear, or do you give it to the, the guy who's essentially perfect and it will make him perfect because you have to give him a carrot once in a while, or he's just not going to I watched a guild fall apart over that once. Like, cause we, wow. we were distributing and he was the raid leader and something dropped and he, it ended up going to somebody and he didn't like how it went down because they did loot council and he left and just because oh, like it, it was a, it's a it's a it, it's stressful progression rating is stressful and yeah it's you could learn a lot from it i always i, I always want to put it on resumes i want to be like i led 40 of the dumbest dicks on the internet to success <laughs> several nights a week for three years you know what in this yeah. day and age that would actually make your resume look good because our generation <laughs> yeah. has grown up and and we run the businesses speaking of progression uh, how's alpha doing over there kurt and <laughs> uh alpha's doing great uh we hit 100 on our greek stress-free <laughs> I can get no, stressful, uh, yeah not stress-free but we're doing all right yeah yeah the teamwork aspect of things it, that that's a great example phil uh just because that really there was co-op gaming before that, but that took it to another level of just organization. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I played Warcraft for a while before I even hit a raiding guild. And it was really when I hit that raiding guild is when things started to change the way that I look at, at this game. Right. But also the way that I look at other things in my life. Right. Um, yeah. You know, if, uh, to harken back to, to retro gaming, you know, you talk about Mega Man teaching you that you have anger issues. Mm-hmm. I believe I blame that on religion and speed metal. Um, what Mega Man taught me was patience, right? And timing. Okay. Interesting. I, you know, ever, all those old platformers has a pattern. All of them, not even yeah, pla- yeah, yeah. all the old retro games have a pattern. And if you can figure that pattern out and you can work your timing out, then you can succeed. So it gave me a sense of of patience and and getting my timing down. Okay, this will hit, then that will hit, then that center will hit. And here's the pattern. There's and I would beat it out in my head like one and two and three and blank, one and two. So so it gave me a sense of rhythm, but also patience and timing on when I should move and when I shouldn't. 
See, I, I, I learned kind of the same lesson, but the flip side, every coin has a flip side. You learned that, I didn't ultimately learn patterns, but I learned to piss on the graves of my enemies. So I beat the Mega Man <laughs> games that I played because I was not going to let them get the better of me on that. Uh, so, and ultimately through the rage, I learned the patterns of the bosses and, and this is the way sure. you go and all that. But you, you, you sound like you said, I went, okay, this isn't working. Let me try a different tactic. I did not learn that till much later in life. <laughs> Insanity doing the same thing over and over exactly the same, expecting different results. Mm-hmm. It is, it is a thing. So Breaking the panel is made possible by you and other listeners just as awesome as you are. If you want to support the show and get a little something in return, just go to patreon.com slash breaking the panel because we do appreciate the help. This is a bit of a weird one, but online games taught me through through player-based economies how to look at like basically secondhand economies right so like playing an mmo working the auction house in world of warcraft for example or working the vendors in ultima online or you know just it, it taught me learning the value of things is important like what what the expected value out of like the population, what people perceive something is being valued as, and then looking for those opportunities to get something well below and then turn around and flip it for profit. Or if you're just looking to get it for yourself, if it's something you need, knowing when it's a good price, when it's not a good price. And that has really translated to real life for me a lot. I mean, that is what allowed me to go into doing collectibles and stuff like magic cards like and, and make money off of it and, and run a store at one point and stuff because I had this understanding of like just there's a, people have an, a perceived value of something and then there's an actual value and like so having resources on hand to to make the buy when the when the buy is good you know so like yeah. if you let's just give an example like let's say you got a hundred dollars you know do you buy something that's going to cost you $60 today because you need it? Or do you, do you weigh and measure like whether you need it that badly right now and wait and then wait and grab it when you see it at 30 or whatever, because that leaves that other X amount of money that is available for the next opportunity like that. And especially if you're doing something like flipping stuff on the secondary market, you, you, you know, you need those incremental gains to, to get ahead so that really started in online games and then eventually i was like oh ebay is pretty much exactly like this <laughs> like yeah. you can if you know what to search for you know how it works you know when to wait when to pull the trigger i mean that's another thing bidding anything that's up on an auction you know like you don't if it, it's a set timer when i was younger i would be like i want it ten dollars they they go up to the 10 25 10 50 you know and i would bid war with them and i don't do that anymore hell no if i want something if i'm the first i'll throw the first bid on and be like all right i'm the guy if nobody else wants this i get it and then if somebody outbids me i just wait till the last day and try to snipe it like why would i drive up the value and i see people still do it to this day and i learned that from games like world of warcraft and everquest with their auction houses i was like no like why would i drive the value up 
why I just want to be the last guy. I want to be the last guy as the timer's ticking down to be like, this is how much I want to pay. And if I get it, I get it. And if I don't yeah. get it, I don't get it. You know, it's, it's one of those things, but yeah, it's just the economics of like, and like the supply and demand aspect of things. Like it, it has served me in numerous other games that I've played. It served me in my hobbies in my collections in real life. It's put food on my table and it all started way back in the day. And that is a that is a solid one. Uh, understanding economy and, and bouncing off of that, games has taught me a little bit of hope for humanity, uh, because I see while we know there are definitely caustic and horrible gaming communities out there and gatekeepers, I see you guys talk about uh, uh, Animal Crossing and what I'm seeing in Call of Duty as well. Is there's a uh, there's always going to be assholes, but there's a community out there that will take care of each other. And you're talking about that the economy and a game, and I can't help but think of. You guys talking about, I think it was Kilted would have like the best prices for turnips or something. And you guys would hit him up at different times of the day and late at night and he'll open his island. And that's community, right? The community putting out twi on Twitter. Hey, I got this price down. They open up their island and invite people in. That's, that's hopeful. That's great humanity right there inside of a video game. Well, not only that for like nit prices, but like good community is the world. Right. Yeah. Right. It you should have, be, but it's not if always. If you have a game that you enjoy a lot and your community is wonderful around it and you find those people, because any game that's out there that you play, there is a good community out there. You have to find it. There's probably a lot of bad ones, but if you find that community that works for you, it's it makes the game not only more enjoyable, but it gives me a reason to sign in every day to play that game. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Dolph yesterday shared a somebody built a blockbuster store <laughs> inside <laughs> Animal Crossing. Right, right. And she was like, "This is for you." I found this, and I was like, "This is th Philip needs this right now." Wow. <laughs> and I wasn't expecting it, and I wasn't you know looking for it, and I was just like, "Holy shit, that's incredible." That is absolutely incredible. And what's even more incredible is that if I wasn't in that Discord with this community, I would never have found it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and good communities with games have been around for a very long time. It's just a lot easier to find them now. And it's only and it's actually a lot easier to find the bad ones too. But but it's true. Uh, but but really good communities have existed for a very long time. Um and and they they were very very tight knit always. Um, I just think it's it's easier to find your tribe now. Yeah, it, like some of the best experiences I've ever had in gaming. I think I've talked about this before. Was uh, when I played Ultima Online and fell in with the role playing community. Yeah, and they were basically LARP, what we would call LARPing in the real world. They were or playing. They are essentially using Ultima Online to play D and D, sort of. And it was awesome. They were some of the kindest and most committed people. They, they, you know, they, everybody knew the rules. Everybody followed the rules. Cause we had like a lengthy rules of engagement document and everything between the warring factions and stuff. And everybody, it, it, it was actually a weird melding of like an awesome community with like improv and just like, everybody had to learn to say yes, you know? Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. When somebody was like started their narrative or whatever in the moment, you would like try to go with it and then mold yourself to it. Or, you know, you could become part of that narrative 
or oppose that narrative to a certain extent, but you never just said no, you know, and it just, it was, it was awesome. And some of my favorite, you know, absolute favorite experiences in gaming ever happened with that. And it, I was really young when that happened and I've, I've never quite found a community like that. I always wished I would, but you find other communities. You know, when I played World of Warcraft, there were guilds that I was in that I just, I didn't care what we were doing. I didn't care if I was getting any loot. We could run the same thing over and over again. Those people were so fun to hang out with that I didn't care. It was just a good time. And yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of us were, um, would do, you know, pet runs and old raids, you know, raiding with leashes. We'd go in and find old pets. Um, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell everybody a secret real quick. Um, I'm playing Warcraft again. Oh, uh, no, Phil. But, shut up. Are you smoking too? No. Okay. But I'm not doing it in a guild. I'm just doing it by myself. And it doesn't... There's something that's missing, but it's... it's I'm, I'm playing Classic, and I'm doing it guildless, and I'm having fun doing it, but there's just something that's not there, right? There's not that green chat that I'm used to seeing for the last 12 years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll sign in on a Friday. Back, foul beast. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's, it's that community that would probably rip me back in and have me playing retail again, right? Mm if I went back and didn't have my, uh, my sign in as offline, always I would be getting hit up by everybody. And then I'd be pulled back in, (laughs) which, you know, sometimes would feel cool, but you know, this is really just a time fill where I can go around and, and, uh, play classic by myself, but I am totally missing that community in Warcraft. Yeah. Uh, Paul, you brought up, uh, roles in games earlier, like tank and, and those kind of things. And honestly, that's taught me, to get along better in real life is if you get into a good game and you have certain roles, they need to be filled, right? You need a healer, you need a tank, you need a rogue, you need whatever. And in life, you know, there've been times where I've learned that, you know, I need to be this person right here for this job. That's the role I am filling. And I can either be happy with that. I can find a different role or I can find other things in my life to balance happiness, but playing your role and what you're doing in that moment I learned from gaming as well. Well, that's that's what we talked about last week with Rob Roberts. You know, yeah. that's why I consider myself a utilities man, because you know, with anything that I'm really doing in life, it's just, what do you need? What what hole can I fill? If it's if it's baseball, hockey, or or raiding in World of Warcraft, or or playing you know Team Fortress too, or or anything you know Borderlands, it doesn't matter. I, I, I want to play with people and I don't care what role I have to fulfill to do it. And I might not be at the greatest at healing, but God damn it. I'll download some add-ons and give it my best shot. <laughs> like yeah. I, I know how to work Spellbot, So, you know, just throw me in coach. I'm ready to play. That song's terrible. And I wish I didn't reference it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, learning. Well, and that's the thing. Like, so playing games like that, you learn, I think if you're introspective about it, you can learn what your strengths are and maybe some of your weaknesses and you learn how people fit into a team and how people who are different than you are still important. You know, like when we talk about games like MMOs, like World of Warcraft, I tend to find that people who are a little more 
like introverted and just chill and laid back and maybe a little bit shy or something, they're almost always playing healers. They're playing support. Rarely do they play DPS. Rarely do they tank. But they will care so much about getting it right that they'll be the best healers you've ever had. You know, the, the ones who don't always chime in in the chatter while you're on a raid or something or just hanging out, you know, they, but they're on point and they're going to make sure that they hold you up. And at the same time, you get the other dude like, or other people uh, who are more assertive, more aggressive, yeah. who are your go-getter tanks you know who will just jump in and not get rattled by the the stress of the situation they'll just they'll pick up the ads they'll do whatever they have to do to try to keep things going and you really just learn how people fit together to form cohesive groups and and teams and be effective and it's i just really think that in the working world for some reason people don't understand that as much like in my experience in the working world a lot of like managers expect people to be just like them. Yeah. And and that's who they want to like prop up and push forward. And it's like, no, you, you kind of want, you want a support role person. You want a salesman sometimes, you know, sometimes you want someone who's the PR guy who's a little more careful about how he approaches things. You know what I mean? It's, and in sales, you would think that, oh, all salesmen should be the same. Well, no, actually, because our customers aren't the same. There were lots of customers that I would do really well with where some of the more aggressive guys who worked with me would do terribly with because they they just clashed. There was a personality clash. So it, I just think it really – gaming is probably the first opportunity to encounter that as you're growing up, and then it really gets solidified because the best groups – have that in spades They have people who are and then you of course sometimes you have the utility knife person who's like <laughs> i can play literally every class yeah. i'll fill any role uh yeah. I, I, i'm good at all of them i'm literally a god you know the last thing i really learned from it, i even saw it today in a match i played is there's always somebody who wants to run their mouth about oh you guys suck just because you did good this time i know how games go i know you're not the best at it i know that you're not going to do great every time especially if you've got a mouth off about it and that's that's something I thought was part of gaming, but then I realized in life and in games, the people who don't talk about how awesome they are, those are the best players typically. You know, those are the best people you want on your team and and those kind of things. But we are down to the the time now. So just one uh, more. I got one right, more. Go just one more. Hit it. Um, Dream Daddy made me a better dad. Okay, continue. You <laughs> uh, 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 really made so me back. realize that I can raise a child and move into um, a gay vampire community and still have a second chance at life. Yeah. <laughs> well, that no. What's the uh, humble bundle? I wish it was Dream Daddy. I wish there was a humble Dream Daddy bundle right now. <laughs> oh, there is. If there's a Steam sale. I'm sure it's okay. on sale. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just a couple days left uh we got five days and some change at the time of recording left on the nacon publisher bundle on humble uh the dollar tier comes with outcast second contact too dark and arc lash legacy the beat the average is only four dollars and 34 cents with of orcs and men and sticks and sherlock holmes the devil's daughter and v rally and the top tier has a whole bunch of racing and fishing games and stuff like that go check that out if you use our link, you help support the show. We really appreciate it. It's only going to be around for a few more days, so get on it. And as always, you can find those links over anchor.fm forward slash breaking the panel. 
and on our website, giantsizeteamup.com forward slash breaking the panel. It's using the show notes. So you might even see it in your podcatcher that is out there. So we'll be back in just a few minutes live. And again, on the next episode for volume three, if you're catching this in your podcast, your ear holes. If you want to get in touch with Breaking the Panel, you'll find Charles at Rock God of Pod. Phil is at Imaginary Nomad. Chris is at In All Things Wisdom. And Paul can be found at Soapbox GSTU. If you love the show and just want to support what we do, hit us up at patreon.com slash breaking the panel and you'll help us make this thing each and every week. If you want to watch the show live each week, go to twitch.tv slash GSTU and follow us to know when we're recording. And if you're looking for more kick-ass shows like this one, go to gstu.net.